I've been given the topic, taking ground. And we, what we've been looking at all, all day, guys, is, is what, what does it mean to, to hold ground? What, what does it mean to, to be the, the men that God has called us to be in the church? And, and I, I went all over the place. I thought, I thought about King David, right, and just all of his great exploits and how he furthered the kingdom. I thought about Daniel and, and Daniel's faithfulness. And, and because of Daniel's uh, faithfulness, how um, the nation of Israel was able to eventually come back into the land, right? And you, you, I just, you know, Ezra and Nehemiah and all of these great men. But I, I just kept falling back to Luke chapter 9. I'm going to ask you to open your Bible to Luke chapter 9, and it's Jesus preparing his men for his departure. And he knows that he's going to leave. He transformed 12 misfits. That's what they were. Twelve men that he took out of a culture that, that, was, that, was, that was messed up and he changed the world because of what he did to those twelve men. And, and here, here's, here's, here's what blows my mind, man, is that you, you and I guys are raging. We're in the middle of a raging battle. It's, it's happening, man. It's on. It, it's, it's things that I, I thought it won't happen in my lifetime. It's happening in my lifetime. And it's happening in your lifetime. Things are on. And you and I are... We're the last hope. It's us. It's come on us. You see, there's two kingdoms, and they're, and they're, and they're raging right now. Two kingdoms that, that, are, that are battling right now. And, and the, 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 you know, this has been happening from, from the fall to today. It's all, it's, you know, this isn't something new, but it's coming to a head. And every, everyone's, everyone's aware that there's two kingdoms. You, you, don't, you don't have to look far to know that there's two kingdoms. You, you, you can see it in you know, all, all, of the, all of the movie themes. You can see it in all the comic books. It, it's, it's everywhere. It's, there's evil, and there's those who are the villains, and, and they are looking to build their own kingdom. They're, li they're looking to, to establish their own name. They want power. They want pleasure. They, they want their ego to be, to be um, you know, elevated. And in and, and every one of those movies, it, it always ends the same way. There's the good guy. There's the superhero. And he's not looking to build his own kingdom. He's looking to thwart the plans of the villain for the good of society. is isn't for his own ego. It's not for his own power it's not for his own purpose because he knows that these 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 two kingdoms one of them's going to win and, and and you and i have been called to be the the superheroes you don't have to wear stretchy pants but you've been called to be a a superhero you've been called to stand in the midst of all of the, 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 the vileness that this world is trying to feed us. I, I, love, I love, as Ken shared, man, what, what, what a great, you know, that, that, that we, we, we have to stand in this day and our character counts. Appreciate 
every one of these guys is, that, that is laid out for us. I think a, a great foundation for, for what, what we're looking at here. But one of the things that, that you realize and I realize is that, that this battle isn't going to go away. Not, not until our king comes and he establishes his kingdom. In the book of 1 John chapter 3 in the 8th verse, and, and we're, we're going to get to Luke 9 here shortly, but 1 John chapter 3 verse 8, it says this, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning, and for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. See, Jesus was manifested to defeat that enemy. He came into this world to give power over sin and the consequence of sin and all the ramification of sin. And that's, that, that was Jesus' mission. And we know, we, we know First John 5, 19, it says like this, for we know that we're of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We're of God. This whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. In other words, these two kingdoms are, are opposing one another. And you and I understand that this world is, is heading for this ultimate destruction. Jesus came in and he began to prepare his disciples because he knew that their mission would be to take the ground. All he was doing was laying the foundation and he was looking for the men that he would leave behind to take ground. In Luke chapter 9, it, it begins. His preparation, it was the beginning of chapter 9. If, if, you're, if you're there in chapter 9, Jesus sends the 12 and he gives them their mission in verse 2. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said, take nothing on your journey, neither staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. In whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. Whoever will not receive you, when you go out from that city, shake off the dust of your feet and your, as, as a testimony against them. And they departed, and they went through the towns, and they preached the gospel, and they were healing everywhere. So Jesus, Jesus was teaching them to walk by faith. He was going to teach them that, you know, you, you, you go out and you just do what I've called you to do, and you're, you're going to see my power on display. And he sent them. It was just a, a few verses later, he feeds the 5,000 and he shows his power to, to provide when it didn't make sense. It was, it was learning to, to trust him and then his ability to provide for them in, in, in every situation. It was there in verse 18 that Jesus pulls the, the 12 aside and, and he asks the question, who do you say that I am? And it was Peter who made that declaration. If you remember there in verse 19, they answered and they said, John the Baptist, some say Elijah, so others say you're one of the uh, old prophets has risen again. And Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ of God. You're the Messiah. I think it was one of the other gospels, Matthew, I believe, where he says, 
Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father who's in heaven. And it was there that, that affirmed, confirmed in, in, in Peter's heart that, that Jesus was what he had claimed to be. He was the Messiah that had come into the world. And these men were looking for that Messiah to establish his kingdom there, now. And Jesus knew that that wasn't going to happen for thousands of years. We're, we're, we're 2,000 years down the road and we're still waiting for that kingdom to come. It's interesting that when Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray in chapter 11 of Luke, he, he says, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and, and he taught them to pray, Lord, your kingdom come and be established. Not, not, just, not just future, now. On earth as it is in heaven, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the lessons begin. And, and, and th these are the lessons that, that were going to be instilled in, in, into these men that were going to change the world. You know, think about this testimony of them. He goes, your, your doctrine's being spread throughout the whole world right now. Man, may, may you and I be indicted for that same, may we be guilty of that same accusation your doctrine has invaded the whole world <laughs> may it invade all of Belen may it invade all of New Mexico may it invade all of Utah and Texas and Colorado and you know it may, may, may what you and I stand for invade the world that we're living in because guys that, that's where the kingdom is, gets established but check this out it's here after Jesus predicts that he's, uh, after Peter confesses that, that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus pulls them aside in verse 21, and it says, he strictly warned them and commanded them to tell no one, saying the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and to be killed and to be raised on the third day. And Jesus tells them, how this kingdom was going to come about. It was going to come about by his death, by his resurrection, by him defeating death. And as he tells them of what it was going to be about, it was, it, we'll, we'll come back to it here in a second, but I, I want you to jump all the way down to verse 46 with me, and we'll, 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 we'll back up in a second, but I, 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 want, I want you to see this. Jesus is teaching the lessons, and I think if we're ever going to advance the kingdom, if we're ever going to take ground, there's some principles that have to be ingrained in our own hearts. It's here in verse 46, he says, then a dispute arose among them as to which of them would be the greatest. And Jesus perceived the thought of their heart, took a little child, he set him by him, and he said to them, whoever receives this little child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me, for he who is least among you will be great. You see, they were, they were fighting arguing they, they were they were positioning who's going to be the greatest among us and and every time i read that passage i was i you know you, you kind of like well, jesus didn't rebuke them for wanting to be great 
We should desire to be great, but how you define greatness is what Jesus conveyed to them. You see, you define greatness by becoming the least. You want to be great? You want to be great in the kingdom of God? Then, then, then you, you take yourself out of the equation. It's not about you. It's about him. And when he is the one who takes center stage of your heart, your life, your priorities, your purpose, then you become great in the kingdom of God. And he wanted to remove that idea from them. It's not, it's not about being in power. It's not being in first. It's not about, you know, succeeding over someone else. He said, you want to be great. You, 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 you just be available. You, you just make yourself that man that says, God, all I want is, is for you to be glorified. It doesn't matter what about me. I'm willing to be the least. And then it's interesting that in verse 50, he would, he would say... Actually, verse 49, he says, John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. And Jesus said, do not forbid, for he who is not against us is on our side. And what he, what he, what he, was, what he was defining for them is not only uh, is, is greatness something that, that you, you've got you know, on a wrong definition of, but you also understand that, that this isn't about being um, of our, our camp or their camp. He wants unity in the body of Christ. He says, if you're not following with us, you, you, you know, we rebuke you. And Jesus says, what, what, what are you doing rebuking them? If they're doing my work, what, 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 what's that to you? Guys, we're all in this together. We're part of the same kingdom. And, and, and Jesus wanted them to understand that, that this isn't a competition against one another. They were, were to be unified for the purpose of the kingdom. But then it's, it's verse 51. And it came to pass when time had come for him to be received up, when he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. That kind of gives you the idea of the time frame. Jesus knows he's going to the cross. They, they, we're, we're talking, you know, Days, weeks away from, from him offering up himself as the sacrifice. And so he's, he's, his face is set toward Jerusalem. He sent messengers before his face. And they went and they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. And they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw that, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? He says, Lord, they rejected you. Can we just go burn down the city? Can we do a little Antifa on them? Can we go down there and just destroy? You know, we'll, 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 we'll get rid of everyone who's not on our team, and we'll, we'll conquer this world. And, and it's amazing that, that what Jesus does here, he says, look, we're, we're not going to be vindictive with one another. Those who reject me, that, 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 that's on them. I'll deal with those things, you know, and, and I, I, love, I love how Jesus frames it there in verse 56. He says, the son of man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. You see, Jesus isn't here to destroy. He's here to save. You see, he's not looking to tear down. He's not, he's not looking to burn up. He came into the world to save 
And it's there in verse 57 that, that really we're, we're going to put our attention. I'll just, just leading up to this because I, I think it's where now discipleship and, and those who, who desire to follow him, Jesus, Jesus is going to give them some lessons. Verse 57, it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Guys, I, that, that, that's the right heart if you want to take ground. Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. You, you, you just say it, I, I'm there. You, 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 you just tell me what it is that, that you want of me and, and I'm in. But Jesus turns to that man who offered his service and he says to him, Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And what do you want him to know? That if you're going to follow me, it's going to cost you something. It's a noble thing. It's an honorable thing to say, I want to follow him. But man understands something. When you tell him you want to follow him, it's going to cost you something. Our Savior, our Lord, had nowhere to lay his head. The fox had somewhere to lay his head. The bird had somewhere to lay his head. But the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. And I, I think he, he could be making some reference to some er, earthly comforts. So it's it's going to cost you a little inconvenience. You, you, might, be, you might be sleeping, you know, in... in, in you know, on the floor, whatever, whatever that's going to look like, you know, out... out, out outside of shelter, whatever that means. But I, I think there was something deeper than that. You see, Jesus never owned a home. He didn't, he didn't you know, he would, be, he would be taken in where he's at. But, but I, I think what's interesting is, is that Jesus was going to be rejected by men. He was, he was going to, there was, there was going to be those who were, who were going to come to, to his rescue, to his, to his, to his help. And, and it's interesting because he suffered many things and he was rejected by the generation that he was in. We're told that in Luke chapter 17. Suffered many things, rejected. When Jesus was talking to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, in verse 34, watch what he says. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. And he who loves his father or his mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves his son or his daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me, and he who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. The cost of discipleship. Guys, it, it, it's, it's coming to that awareness that, that you know what, there's two kingdoms. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm in his kingdom. I'm part, of, I'm part of his authority. I'm under his authority. And because you are, you're, you're, you're going you're to have enemies here. And some of those are going to be enemies in your own home. 
There's going to be enemies, your own family members, there's going to be your, your, your old friends, there's going to be people who, who because of the choices that you made to follow Jesus, to stand for the things that, that he stands for, to declare the things that he declares, that there's going to be people who are, who are going to, and, and it's happening on a scale like we've never seen before. You're, 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 going, to, you're, you're going to get canceled from friendships, you're, you're going to get canceled from jobs, you're going to, you're going to be rejected, and, and what, what's going on, man, I, I asked you guys to pick up that book, it blew my mind, corporate America right now, if you are a Christian, you're, you're being discriminated against in corporate America right now, and they go through and they look, they look at your, your, all of your social media, they go and find out what you stand for, and if you stand for uh, anything conservative, anything biblical, if, you're, if you belong to a, a Bible-believing church, you're, you're probably not going to get the job. Not in corporate America right now. It's, it's, it's where things are going. And Jesus warned his disciple, look, you want to follow me? Great, great. That's a good thing. But understand that the foxes have holes and birds have nests. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And that's what the kingdom. It's going to cost you. It's in that next passage that Jesus turns to another man. Watch this. He said to another, follow me. It's interesting that the first one said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever I go. And Jesus turns to another one that, that's there obviously with him in, his, in, in the crowd. And he says, follow me. And this guy says, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Interesting. That one of the, 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 the requests was, let, let, let me go take care of my, my earthly responsibilities before I begin to follow you. There's those who, who have interpreted that, that the father was still alive, that after, after the father is, is, you know, died and, and he's fulfilled his earthly responsibilities, then he'd be willing to go and follow him. I, I, I don't know if that's the case. It, it could very well be he just got the news that his father had died and he was going to go and take care of that, you know, that day, that, that time. And Jesus turns to him and says, you follow me. And he came up with the, the reason why he couldn't. Or why it would be delayed next week, next month, next year, later time. It was back in chapter 9, in verse 23. Jesus had already laid all of this out in verse 23. He said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Forever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is a man if he gains the whole world and himself destroys he, and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, the Son of Man will be ashamed of when he comes in his glory in his Father and of the holy angels. And I tell you truly, there's still, there's, there's some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. 
You see, it, it, was, it was interesting that, that Jesus said, look, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to be part of my kingdom. You're, you're, you're going to be part of, 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 of this, this opposing team. Then it, it's going to be a self-denial. And that self-denial is even going to go to even some of your earthly responsibilities. Now, we're told in Scripture that if a man doesn't feed his own family, doesn't care for his own family, he's worse than an unbeliever. He's not telling that we're not to care for our wives, our children. We're not, we're not to be you know, doing the things that, that our responsibilities are, 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 are um, given to us. But, but he's, he's saying, look, don't, don't, don't begin to make excuses why you can't follow me. I'll tell you, there, there was... So several, several years in my life where, where I, I, I was making every excuse I could not, not to do what God's called me to do. I had every reason. And there had to come a point where I said, okay, God, I, I, I'm done. I'm done making excuses. I'm, I'm, I'm done trying to somehow justify why I'm not doing what you've called me to do. To lay it all down. To live for your glory, to live for your kingdom. That doesn't mean you have to be in full-time ministry. It means that, that you, you're going to live your life radically for the kingdom of heaven, that you understand that you're part of the kingdom of heaven. And for some of you, it, it is that step of faith that God's calling you to. To go out and reach a community, an area, to, to go out and say, God, I, I, I just want to be available, whatever you want to do in my church, to be, to be that one who's just saying, I, I, I'm, I've made myself available for the Lord to use. And this man had an excuse why that wasn't something that he could do at the, at the time. Verse 61, another said to him, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them for farewell who are at my house. I know it didn't seem like an unreasonable request. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me just go say bye to, to mom and dad. Let me, let, me go say, let, let me go say farewell to the family, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles. You know, let, me, let me just go tell them goodbye. Then I'll follow you. In 1 Kings, there's an interesting passage in chapter 19 of 1 Kings. It was Elisha. It was Elijah who was walking by. Elisha was plowing with 12 oxen before him. And Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the ox and he ran after Elijah. And he said, please let me kiss my father and my mother. And then I'll follow you. And Elijah said, go back again for what have I done to you? Elijah, that was a big, big reason. Do what you got to do, man. What was interesting in this passage? Jesus didn't approve to go and bid farewell. 
And I, I, I think that the idea here is, is, is that there's, there's a great urgency. It's a greater urgency than, than, than Elisha and Elijah. There, there, was a, there was an urgency that, that, that had to be either, either decided upon now or, or, or never. It was, it was, it's just interesting. Jesus turns to him and he says this. He says, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And when, when, when I'm looking at this whole set of passages, when I'm looking at this whole thing as, as it comes together, and, and I think there, there's something going on, that, 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 that there's a call that God placed on your life, and you either answer it or you don't answer it. You, 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 you either say, okay, God, I hear your voice. I know what you're saying to me. and I, I realize the, the, the urgency of what it is that, that you're stirring inside of me, and I, I, I need to choose. I need to choose. I, I'm part of your kingdom. I want to be part of your kingdom. I, I want my life to reflect that I'm part of your kingdom. I want my life to, 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 be, to be displayed that I'm part of that kingdom. And, and, and there's no more, no more uh, compromising, no, no, no more uh, putting off those things that I know to be true. Man, I, my, my prayer for this weekend and my prayer for, for what, what the Lord is doing in your life is, is, is that there would be ignited an urgency in every one of our lives. There would be in, in us an urgency to realize, you know what, I, th th this whole idea of maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe next year, I'll, I'll get my act together. Let, let, let me tell you the reality it is, is that you'll never get your act together. You never will get your act together. You'll always have an excuse. You'll have an excuse next week, you'll have an excuse next month, you'll have an excuse next year to finally just come and say, God, I give, I surrender. I want to follow you. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know what that means. I, I, I don't even know how, what, what, how that's going to play out. But I want to take up my cross. Daily. And I want to be part of this kingdom. I want to live every day for that kingdom. I, I, I want my life to be consumed by that kingdom. And you can come to that conclusion before we leave this place. Maybe you've already have over the last few hours. Last night, some of you made that decision. You know what? I, 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 I want my life to be all about the kingdom. That's, that's a noble thing. I, that, I think that's the first step. It's determining, you know what, I, I, I need to change my course. And that's good. But can I tell you, you can't do it. If you determine to do it right now, you can't do it. You can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not you who does it, it's him who does it in you. All you can do is surrender. All you can do is just come and say, okay, I give. God, I, I, I surrender it all. That's all that you can do. And the rest is going to be God coming in and empowering you to do what he's called you to do. And that, that didn't include just you and me. It included the, 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 the disciples that spent three and a half years with Jesus. Turn, turn, turn to Luke chapter 24. 
Look at verse 46. Jesus said to them, thus it is written, thus is necessary for the Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance or remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Watch this. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endowed with power from on high. I love that. Because here, here, here's the guys that were with the best trained men on the face of the earth when it came to kingdom things. These guys saw miracles that I can only, I can only fathom. They, 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 they seen Jesus stand on, on a boat and say, peace be still and, and, and stop. And the waves stop. I saw 5,000 men, women, 5,000 men plus women and children, some 10, 15,000 people get, get fed with, with a few loaves of bread, a couple little fish. They seen Lazarus come from a grave. You, you want to talk about being part of a, a, a miracle ministry. <laughs> You want to talk about gifts of the Spirit being on display. You, you, want, you want to talk about power that, 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 that's undefinable. They, they, they saw it all, and yet Jesus tells them, look, guys, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything until you're endowed with power from on high. Forty days later, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus has this last meeting with him. He says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be witness for me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He said that you're going to receive a power that's going to make you a witness for me. You're going to have all the tools necessary as the Holy Spirit comes upon you. As all, all, all you and I can do is just come and say, okay, God, I give, I surrender. I don't, I don't want to rule me anymore. I, I don't want to be the one calling the shots anymore. I, 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 I don't want to be the one who, who decides, you know, where, when, how anymore. I, I, I just want to be yielded over to you. When you do that, man, you change the world. You change your family. You change your workplace. You change your community. You change the sphere of influence that God's placed you in because now you, you receive a power that, that, that's a supernatural power. It's, on, it's, it's from on high. I love Dawn sharing about, you know, our homes and, 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 you know, our families and our priorities. Let me tell you something. The only way that happens is you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Being baptized in that's power. You go through the book of Acts, one of, one of the things that, they, that just, just, you know, stands out is, is that they, they, would, they would often go into a new place and, and, and if you remember the very first time the Gentiles or hear the message Cornelius, and it says, well, Peter was preaching to them that the power of the Holy Spirit fell upon them. 
There they were, Gentiles speaking in tongues. Power. Acts chapter 8, he said, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? We we don't even know what you're talking about. We believe in Jesus, but with this Holy Spirit thing, we, don't, we, have, no, we have no idea. Which, what, and, and Peter prays for them right there. Uh, actually, Paul prays for them right there. Peter prays for them right there, and, and, and the Holy Spirit comes, falls upon them. Because we, we, we can try to do this in our own power, but let me, let me tell you something, man. You, you, you'll, you'll, you'll fail. You'll fail. You need the power of the Holy Spirit if you're going to be effective for the kingdom of heaven. And God, God, God isn't looking for superstars. He's not, he's, he's not looking for, for the, all the gifts, all the talents. He's not, he, he, God doesn't need us. He picks knuckleheads. He picks knuckleheads that are just willing to say, God, I just want to be used by you. I give. Surrender. I want the power that you provide. We're, we're about to partake of communion. We're about to be reminded of the sacrifice that was made on our behalf. But before we do that, I, I, I just want to give an opportunity today. You see, all those lessons that Jesus had taught, you know, what? he was saying, you know, just be like a child. Just be like a child. That's all that matters. Just got to be able to humble yourself and say, okay, God, I, I, I get it. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. But I want to be great. Help me to be the least. God, I want to count for something. God, give me your power so that I can make a difference. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, Jesus said it's just something as this, you just got to ask. When you got saved, it would just you just come and say, God, I, I'm a sinner. I need, I, I need forgiveness. And, 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 and you ask, and, and the moment you ask, you receive. It's the same thing. Matter of fact, in Luke chapter 11, we'll, we'll wrap it up right here. Luke chapter 11, check this out. Verse 10. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and who knocks will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he... Offer him a scorpion. And here it is. If you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He says, just like a child. He's going to say, God, I need the power that you promised, that you would provide me so that I can be the man that you called me to be. 
as before we partake of communion and if you have never received the power of the Holy Spirit I want, I want to pray that you would receive that power maybe you're here and you say man I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit but man I'm running on empty I need to be refilled I need to be empowered once again I want to pray for you guys too As we just come and say, God, I, I, I can't do it, but you can. Fill me with the power that you promised. I'm going to ask that if that's where you're at tonight, guys, would you just stand up and say, I, I want that power. I want the power to do what God has called me to do. Father, we come. And we are very aware, God, that that we can't do what you called us to do without you. God, we mess it up every time. But Lord, you promised that you would send us a helper. You promised that you would give us a power from on high in order to overcome, Lord, every every obstacle that we're going to face. And then, Lord, to take the ground that you called us to take. And so I lift up every one of these men, Lord, that are asking. They're asking, God, for the power from on high. And God, you said if we ask, you would give. And so, Lord, would you fill them right now, God, with the power of the Holy Spirit. God, would you give them gifts? Would you give them, Lord, victory over, over sin and over every, every, every battle that they're engaged in? God, would you use them for your kingdom, for your glory? And we thank you for them, Lord. We ask that you bless them now. We thank you and we ask it in the mighty and the powerful and the glorious name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Bless you guys.